Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Do you own a motorhome, caravan, campervan or tent? Head to thatleisureshop.com for all your outdoor living essentials. Camping furniture, cookware, spares, e-bikes and more. Visit us in store in North Somerset at BS24 6RT or shop online and get free delivery on all orders over £150. Everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. ThatLeisureShop.com Enjoy the journey. I caught up with Wendy and Vanessa. These guys have got the backstage access to what's actually going on. Hi. Thank you, Mike. So we've been talking about the fact that you know, we think there's going to be less camping, more glamping. And we're trying to explain what we mean by that. We're seeing camping products, the caliber of which are getting more luxurious. Tents are getting more and more expensive. Motorhomes are getting more expensive. And we're seeing campsites react to this and respond to this by upping the offering. You know, Haven are putting a, a hot tub on every balcony and more and more yurts and you know, these luxurious alternatives to what I grew up as a camping holiday on a campsite. What's your view of what's going on? You know, what do you think is happening and what are you seeing? Tell us more. We've been in this particular industry now for 10 years. We have celebrated being, um, you know, a booking management system for 10 years. And over that period of time, we have seen glamping consistently grow and grow year on year and year. We've gone to the glamping show. We've supported lots of, um, you know, campsites as you say up in their service and up in what they offer we've worked with so many campsites holiday parks which have taken a part of their land and and said right okay we'll turn that into a more exclusive luxurious zone we'll go and put some pods in there some s pods or you know wigwams whatever they want to do and you're right you know um it's all about adding the value of it so they can increase the you know the prices but give a really great guest experience as well Mm -hmm. we have seen a huge huge spike um but it's not like a huge spike over like one particular month, but it's been consistent over the years. We've seen this grow. So are you seeing more campsites coming into play? Yeah, I'd say so. Definitely. Because, you know, as we've been growing our own business by providing the booking software, you know, we've actually seen a huge diverse There's no standardized sense of a campsite because there's the good, the bad and the ugly all the way through it. You have, um, you know, a great rural wild camping um, kind of establishment right through to a very traditional family runs campsite with static caravans, some pitches and some glamping. What is interesting is that there's a huge amount of diversification taking place. If you've got the land and you've got a a great location or access to a great location, then you're going to want to try and cater for a quite a wide market from people who would just want to go and do a bit of backpacking from people who want to go into a motorhome and they want to enjoy a really good level gravel pitch to to pitch down but somebody also enjoy the um the whole glamping experience wherein hopefully in theory you can go and turn up with no paraphernalia and enjoy the great space we understand glamping as kind of posh camping don't we and it's a It's a buzzword that's thrown around. And has anyone ever really defined it? What's your view on the word glamping, Vanessa? Um, I think it's just it's it's been an easily adoptable, absorbable word, if you like, in the Mm. sense that it had to have a name. Luxury camping didn't seem to describe the experience either. That would be lamping, wouldn't it? (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> I just think that the crux of it is that technology and new products in this this whole sphere have made modern camping a lot cushier than a few decades ago. And I think there's, as we've discussed over the, the years, there's a perfect storm of, of you know, a, an increase in demand for British holidays. And with that, people are looking into, as Wendy's been saying, diversification and making more money out of their land. Some of them farmers, you know, they're not earning necessarily a lot of money anymore in the farming industry. So they're mm. looking at how they can make money. They've got land, they can convert barns, they can put in pods, they can put in tree houses. But tangled up in all of this is the, the, the guest experience. And I think where there is innovation, there's expectation. And then where there's innovation and expectation, there's, there's an increase in prices. And, you know, the whole thing just it, it just is is going on an upward trend and trajectory all the time. And, and of course, um, it costs a lot of money to build a campsite, doesn't it? I mean, friends of ours are farmers who have diversified and built a, a campsite and it's cost them fortunes. Um, of course, and then you need to get your return on the investment, which means, you know, you, you, you push up the prices, you expect a, a higher caliber, if you like, of, of in terms of paying guests and I think social media has completely changed everything too you know the fact that camping has become this like cultural pop icon almost and we're inundated with images of adventurers of freedom they're young their families their retirees it's for everyone everyone can get into camping and adventure and experience and we're just feeding off that aren't we we're, we're, we are we, we need to be the cool kids we need to join in on this and Wendy you were saying earlier you're you're seeing some traditional campsites resisting responding to this and they don't necessarily want to innovate and therefore put prices up because they don't want to exclude their traditional customer can you explain a bit more about that yeah we're having some conversations with some sort of campsites where they've been running them for 20 30 years or they've been handed over to the children running the campsites previously owned by their parents and there are some places where people go camping there every single year they know exactly what they're going to get and there is this tentative um, kind of notion where you know, do you change what you've been offering? You know, do you reach out into new markets? And there has been some like, actually, no, I, I really like keeping it the old school way of camping, allowing the, the caravanners to come along, come with their fold out tents and the little gas stoves and that sort of thing and really enjoy the traditional camping. If you're doing that experience and then just a few meters away, you've got a glamping outfit with, you know, the Land Rovers coming through, you're going to feel like I'm not in the right space. Probably much like when you go on a holiday abroad, I suppose, you go like I've been to the Canary Islands a lot and stayed in various different resorts. And you've got the resorts that are a bit like, you know, I hate to say it, the, the Benidorms. And mm -hmm. you go to some resorts, it's like, different class of people that are there when you're mixing it all up on a on a on a holiday park or a campsite you have to be really careful and considerate about those people who can probably just afford to go camping because it is a cheap end of the market sitting next door to people who are potentially spending thousands for the same view it's interesting there are there has been some resistance from some campsites not all but some want to keep hold of their grassroots are you saying you can't mix the two 
No, I think you could. You could mix them, but I think it's going to be something a park will need to consider. And I suppose it depends on how much land you've got as well, because if you've got acres of land, you could probably absorb it. There are some uh, some campsites I know that do offer two completely different ends of the extreme. There are some campsites I know, actually in Wales, for example, who are adult only. So it's not necessarily about the camping and you know the, the different grades of camping. They want a specific type of person going camping. There's a huge level of diversification but still there's still a sense of um what's the phrase for it it's like there's no standardization as such there's no one campsite the same you know it's not like there's a premier inn of campsites where every Mm -hmm. single one is uniform you're going to expect the same thing i don't think i think it depends on how much space they've got if you've got plenty of space and you probably could afford to have a section where you have got some really great glamping with the land rovers coming through all the different types of people that could afford to spend a thousand pounds plus you know for a glamping experience whereas ultimately still when you go camping you're spending probably between 10 and 25 pounds per night there are two completely different ends of the extreme it's interesting I, I you know I see it very much from a booking behavior perspective which is the angle that I come on I see so many people um, archiving you know pitches in favor of them converting them into pods so there's there's a lot of change that has happened in in certainly in our inventory over that period of time. What the mechanics look like on the ground, I don't know. I'd probably go on how I would feel if I wanted to have the outdoor, almost wild camping experience, but then a few feet away, there are people there with the hot tubs and the pods. I think, is that interrupting my experience? I don't know. I think mm. it's an interesting one, but I think there's going to be a balance. Is it driven by the festival market? Because going to a festival, you know, the look at Glastonbury. I mean, they've taken over fields and built yurts on them and they offer a glamping solution. And it is thousands of pounds to go and stay there in a tent. To me, that seems like a very new market. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the some of the laws, the legislation has changed in terms of the um, the pop-up sites as well. Um, you know, the camera and the home club, for example, you know, I've, I've done quite a few pop-up events, but they're all based on events, though. So the experience is completely different. You know, it's almost like what you're going to stay in is almost not secondary, but you're there because you're going to experience something else, which yeah. is different to go into a traditional, I would say, you know, family-run campsite where you're going there to relax and explore the area um we've seen loads of pop-up campsites and certainly during the pandemic it, it did go literally wild they were coming out left right and center farmers having a bit of land where they can go and take them make the most of the 60-day license to go and do a temporary pop-up site so they could earn probably between 11 and fifteen thousand pounds over the course of the summer mm. you know just by opening up some fields i think there's another angle too though matt where it's the proprietor's desire to extend their season that is also driving the increase in the glamping facilities because right. in order to extend the season, you've got to put down the hard standing. You would need to potentially put in yurts, put in the hot tubs to attract people to the yurts, put in the barbecue huts to attract people to your facilities. So it's that 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 whole notion of extending the season that is also driving the growth in glamping. Things of luxury that it doesn't necessarily have to be classed as glamping. So there's that angle as well. And another area I've seen of growth, which fascinates me, are Airstream caravans going on the roofs of buildings in the middle of a city. I mean, that's that's a caravan holiday with a difference, isn't it? Is that something you're seeing more of as well? 
we tend not to get too involved in the kind of the urban market. We are, mm-hmm. you know, most of our, in, you know, sort of, um, you know, interactions are in rural places, um, you know, so I can't comment too much on that, but I do see it in social media. I think, oh, do you know what? That's a really cool idea where you see sky risers and mm-hmm. they've literally got tents on that. I just hope they're really well pegged down, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I just think, okay, but, you know, there's a, we, we talked about this on a, on, in a different conversation with you, Matt, we talked about you know sort of um legislation and how can you make things safe for example so there's all sorts of wild ideas to give a completely different experience who's looking after it all <laughs> well yeah that's very true and and do you what do you predict will happen over the next year or two or perhaps three years in terms of innovation is there any crystal ball gazing that you guys have done um where you think well we can see this growing and this changing it's an interesting one. The, the market is quite, um, say, volatile in terms of business surviving. So it's mm-hmm. going to be about survival, I think, over the next sort of couple of years. We did a Q&A session with a whole host of um, campsite owners. We talked about various different topics about how am I going to survive over the next you know, season with um, fuel prices increasing as much as they have done, you know, where people are coming with electric cars and are just charging up on the, on the electric hookups. So they weren't designed necessarily for that. What we have seen is lots of parks being acquired by bigger chains parks as well so there's a lot of movement in that front so yeah I think for me I think it's going to be survival mode for the next few years and they know they survive for the pandemic so we can do the next bit and do you think that need to survive will encourage innovation or you think it will be about consolidation I think it's probably a bit of both but Mm. I think what what we'll see a great deal of innovation in is really in in terms of the environment sustainability and accessibility the accessibility market's huge the, the, the green environment is, is growing. I do a lot of work with the Southwest Tourism Awards and the, the, the inimitable Robin Barker. And he has, he, I, I once had this chat with him where he said, there is no, there's going to be no such thing as excellence in tourism if you're not looking at sustainability and accessibility. So if you want to be considered to be an excellent outfit and what you, what you offer is excellent, you need to be looking at these things. So, so innovation is going to be very much in terms of planting wildlife corridors, drilling your own boreholes, and also looking at, again, glamping, what are we doing differently? Someone's just come onto our books who's who's actually going underground. So they're going to be using recycled materials and pushing their, their units underground. That's going to be a completely new, wow. different experience. <laughs> I'll go so there. Think, yeah. <laughs> People, people are be a are hobbit amazing people yes a hobbit. there's no there's no limits to 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 the innovation in this industry right now no. which makes it a very very exciting place to to be yeah i mean it, there's uncertainty sure but i it sounds really exciting i'm encouraged thank you that's great well yeah. guys thank you both very much for your insight really appreciate it and uh yeah. we'll we'll catch up again and see where we are in you know, the near future and see if we're all living underground on holiday. <laughs> Absolutely. Shall look forward to that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.